Welcome to the Tales of Mythic Adventure podcast, coming to you from distant shores with your hosts, Jeff and Mob. And welcome to the Tales of Mythic Adventure podcast. We're back again. I'm Mob, and this is my colleague... Jeff, and I'm here in sunny, summery Berlin. And where are you, Mob? Oh, I'm here in balmy Melbourne. And welcome everyone back to a, um, well, we could call this a new season of Tales of Mythic Adventure because we've had a little bit of a hiatus because, and I, I'm sure Well, we've many... had quite a bit of a hiatus with all the excitement going on. We, we, we pretty much had to shut things down for a couple of months. Busy, busy, busy. Has it been a couple of months? It hasn't been quite that long, has it? I think. Well, wasn't it end of July when we interviewed Greg Stafford in Rick Mainz's uh, basement? It is, and now, in fact, it is uh, early I September. That was the last episode. It was. That was a very special episode of Toma, and that did actually announce what was what was going on, which was pretty exciting. So, Jeff, for anyone that's kind of missed missed it, how would you be able to sum it up in a in a in a line or two? What what's going on in the last month and a bit? Well, um, at Gen Con, we announced that. Or more precisely, Greg announced that Moon Design Publications, which is myself, yourself, Rick Mainz, and Neil Robinson, uh, are now the active managers of Chaosium Incorporated, which is the iconic and legendary game publishing company founded by Greg Stafford back in the mid-70s. And since then, we've been uh, uh, very, very busy uh, getting that up and uh in running order absolutely and and for those who don't uh aren't familiar with chaosium chaosium uh is the publisher of call of cthulhu uh it is also now the publisher of runequest hero quest um soon to be the publisher of 13th 13th age in glorantha uh, as well as the publisher of a number of, of books that don't really fit into any of those categories, like, uh, Mythic Iceland, uh, and so forth. Uh, that, 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 that collection of, of books that used to be called basic, the basic role playing line, but now that's, uh, seems to be kind of definitionally, uh, complicated, given that basic role playing also includes Call of Cthulhu and RuneQuest, so we're 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 kind of figuring out exactly what we should be calling that line, uh, that line of books. And we're also the publisher of a line of fiction books, soon to be the publisher of Credo uh, and a variety of other board games. So we just basically publish a lot of stuff, don't we? We do, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume that that was all one sentence, so, uh, you did do it in, uh, you did do it briefly there, Jeff, but, uh, there was a lot to take in there. I There's think... an awful lot to take in. I mean, <laughs> I, I suppose I could have said we publish role-playing games, books, and board games, but that just doesn't really give any sort of idea of the scope of, of what all Chaosium does. You know, there are very few game companies, uh, particularly in the role-playing area out there, that I think you can actually put the descriptions iconic, legendary, and veteran. And I think you can put all three on Chaosium, can't you? Oh, you definitely can. You can put... Um, well, TSR is gone. I get, uh, The only... 
surviving role-playing game company uh, that's been around as long as Chaosium is Flying Buffalo. Oh, and, the people and, who did Tunnels and Trolls. Yeah, who do Tunnels and Trolls. Oh, and indeed. With, yep. Yeah, they've, they've, they've come out with a wonderful reprint of it uh, that, that looks beautiful. Uh, but Chaosium and uh, Flying Buffalo are basically... They're basically it. The last survivors. TSR's gone. Um... Uh, the rest of the game companies from the late 70s have pretty much will all gone the way of Transamerica Airlines. Mm-hmm. I think um, Steve Jackson Games goes back a while, but it doesn't quite go back to the 70s, does it? No, his, if, if I recall, Ogre was his first publication. That might have been in the late 70s, actually. But uh, Chaosium comes back to the, the mid-70s, and, and back then... It seemed that the difference of a year, uh, um, there just was a much greater distance, a, a difference between one year and the next than there is now. Uh-huh. You know that the 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 difference in time between the summer of love and the Sex Pistols <laughs> wasn't very much time on yeah. retrospect, but boy, didn't it feel like an age! Oh, absolutely. So it it's pretty exciting. Um, What's happened to Greg? Well, Greg is, uh, uh, Greg stepped down as president of the company and, uh, Rick Mainz was appointed the new president of Chaosium and Greg, uh, was, he had his ascension or apotheosis upstairs where he is the chairman of the board. And like Frank Sinatra, he looks down upon us all from a great <laughs> elevated height. And uh, Sandy Peterson? Sandy Peterson is... Uh, uh, he also stepped down as vice president of the company and remains as one of the board... Of, uh, a member of the board of directors. So Sandy is director Sandy. Mm. And, I, and you can figure out what that makes him within the Rat Pack. <laughs> uh, and also, Greg and Sandy both remain creative consultants to the company as well. Oh, very much so. And we will be working we are working with Sandy on uh the God's War campaign or the God's War board game uh and we're heavily promoting Cthulhu Wars mm-hmm. at Gen Con and we'll be uh helping cross promote Cthulhu Wars over at Essenspiel and if you haven't actually bought a copy of Cthulhu Wars definitely do it definitely do it it's an awesome game it is a, a very awesome game with amazing figures in it you know, I've got I've got great Cthulhu uh, sitting on my windowsill. They're I've not got exactly two great Cthulhu sitting on my windowsill. Jeff, they're not exactly miniatures, are they? They're more bigatures. They they are bigatures. Uh, um, great Cthulhu is. Shall we measure him? Please do. For for sure entertainment, and because I'm in Germany, I will use the the monstrous and satanic. Uh, uh, metric system. <laughs> okay. And I will leave it to people that use a more sensible, uh, measuring system to translate this to inches. But it is Great Cthulhu. The tip of his wings are approximately 18 centimeters above Whoa. the base. Wow. Which is very big. That's why um, they're described as bigatures rather than miniatures. Exactly. Yeah, no, I've got, I've got a Great Cthulhu here. I've got a star spine. Some night gaunts, 
uh, yeah, I I just love looking at them because they're cool. And and the exciting thing is that similar bigotures are going to be made for the game God's War as well. Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to there being a 12 to 15 centimeter high Orlanth kicking ass. And and uh, and a Yelm will also be quite big Oh, the, the, the Yelm Sun Disc will be huge. Uh, oh, huge! It's, it's going to be amazing. Hey, so back to uh, the exciting events. So... <clears throat> Greg and Sandy, they're, they're, they're obviously the senior members of the Rat Pack. Um, the four other directors of the company, as you said, are yourself, myself, Neil, and Rick. Rick is the president, as you said. He's taken over from, from Greg. Tell everyone a bit about what you're doing. Okay, I'm the, um, the vice president. Some, uh, unlike you, I'm the vice president without a, a, a funky name to it. I think my, I, on the corporate documents, I'm just vice president. Do you get the ceremonial uh, cup? Of but uh, I'm also I also serve as the creative. Dr- uh, you know, actually, the vice president of uh, a company has slightly more authority than the vice president of the United States. <laughs> I see. Okay. Ever so slightly. And I'm also the creative director for Chaosium and uh, oversee licensing. So, which makes, it makes actually some sense to combine those two, but it's a strange combination. It's it's two very strange looking hats being worn by me. Well, you're, you're not, a, you are no stranger to wearing strange hats, Jeff. So No, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. And then you are. I am the vice president and i'm looking after product development though at, at in in certain documents it's described as project development i and believe that's because that's what you when 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 uh we had the voice vote i think that's actually what it was described as so i'm i'm, I'm gonna try and keep that in as, despite the fact that it makes no sense that's how history is made and I'm also looking after community outreach, which is a really important uh, part of what we need to do with the company. And uh, tell us, what is Neil's absolutely critical, important role? Oh, well, he runs everything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's the chief financial officer, but in truth, Neil was the only one who knows how to make the trains work on time. Absolutely. And, uh, if, if, uh, if you, I mean, you and I, you and I spend our time having pleasant discussions, uh, on, on the internet and recording them and drawing pretty pictures and writing stuff, uh, all of which is important, glorious stuff, um, and with much glamour, but it doesn't get the trains to run on time. Absolutely. So, so effectively, uh, Jeff and I are sort of on the creative side of the coin and, uh, Rick and Neil are on the making the trains run uh, operational side of the coin, and the two of the the two of the sides of the coin need to be together to make the company a, a, a success. Oh, absolutely! And right now, Rick's top goal is, of course, getting that uh, Call of Cthulhu Seventh Edition Kickstarter fulfilled, uh, and uh, that's finally, you know, that's that's uh, a big part of the reason that that. Uh, we took over the active management of the company was to be to make sure that that Kickstarter got out, got fulfilled, uh, that the endless delays ended, and uh, I believe it is at the printer now, is it not, Mob? 
It is. And uh, the other great thing that Rick has instituted since coming in is, uh, I think, almost weekly updates to the Kickstarter backers, just letting yes. them know what's what's going yes. on. Um, I Well, and, and, and people need to know that. You know, people need to have... Um, I, I think on a Kickstarter, people are willing to be patient, uh, especially a Kickstarter that required a lot of new material to be created. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what people aren't willing to be is patient without any updates or further information from uh, the people that they gave money to. And Nick, Rick has been extremely good uh, in getting out almost weekly updates to the Call of Cthulhu Kickstarter site. Yeah, and uh, it's been great that the response to that has actually been extremely positive as well. So I think people out there are are happy to get this information. And in fact, the last update wasn't all good news, was it? It actually said there was going to be a slight delay, but people took that in very good stead, I thought. Yeah, this was an issue where um, uh, Rick discovered an error in the way that the book had been originally laid out, that uh, the book had been laid out for, as uh, 8.5 by 11, and it actually needed to be slightly smaller uh, in order to fit into those slip covers. And so they had to re relay out um, all the pages of the book. Mm, so that kind of set things back about a week. And uh, I was really pleased. There were a lot of responses on the Kickstarter side about that. But um, I think they were just about uniformly positive And people were happy to to be just told what was, oh. what was going on. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that's just uh, people people tend to be very reasonable and patient when they're getting updates and being kept in the loop. And people tend to be quite reasonably impatient when there's a great black hole of Mm -hmm. information. So um, we also had an announcement that went out last week about someone else that's been... uh, Oh, yeah, we brought on Jim Louder to be the consulting editor for a fiction line. And what we're we're doing right now is uh, Jim, myself, and Nick Nicario are going through the fiction line and just basically cleaning up um, cleaning up a lot of problems that have been created over the last uh, 10, 20 years and getting that all cleaned up. And then we will be relaunching the uh, fiction line and providing a lot more support uh, to Chaosium's fiction than had been in the previous decade or so. And... Uh, uh, I'm greatly looking forward. I've already been working with Jim for a couple of weeks on this. We we started work on this even before the the even before the agreement had been signed because I, there's just a lot to get done on this. Yeah, I but think I'm the, really the ink the ink was uh, the was ink that? was the ink was barely dry, was it, when we we had to get moving on this stuff? Oh, absolutely. We started before the ink even was put onto the paper. <laughs> There's a lot to be done on this, but I'm really excited about the the fiction line because first off, there's a lot of gems in Chaosium's collection. And one of the one of the gems that I'm personally um, the most pleased with, and that that is that we are the publisher of some of Lord Dunsany's work back from the early 20th century. Mm-hmm. And and Mike as as I'm I'm sure you know, Dunsany was one of the the foundational writers of what became horror and fantasy and Absolutely. Was a huge influence. 
yeah, huge influence on Tolkien, uh, huge influence on, on H.P. Lovecraft, and uh, a tremendous influence on Glorantha, which is, um, uh, you know, one of our main product lines. There's, there's in, in many ways, I think it's easier to jump from Dunsany to Glorantha than it is to go from Dunsany to Tolkien to Glorantha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is going to be really exciting to, to bring that back. So we've got, uh, we've got some really interesting things in the back catalogue that can be bought back for people's, uh, interest, including actually bringing them out in new formats, because that's been one of the things that hasn't been done, has there? I think, uh, we were looking and only, uh, a handful of, uh, Chaosium fiction so far had been put up in any sort of ebook format. Yeah, and, and the physical, you know, some of those, um, uh, printings that had been done under the prior management, the physical quality just wasn't that great. And it, the, these books deserve, uh, um, a much better treatment. But it's like with, when we re-released, uh, King of Sartar, uh, earlier this year. You remember the old, uh, purple copy, uh, purple book, right? Oh, I've, I of course have a, uh, much thumbed copy on my bookcase, which actually pretty much started to fall to bits not long after I received it. Yes, and 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 um, you know, just from a, a physical quality, I would like to see more books treated with the degree of care that uh, a King of Sartor got, uh, instead of being printed in the in the same uh, levels of quality that uh, the the purple version got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're we're talking about the new version here, folks. Which, if you haven't seen it, is a beautiful hardback. Oh copy with absolutely with its own dust jacket as well with its own dust jacket it's been fully updated it's got new material put into it it's been indexed it's a it's just frankly an all-in-all far better book uh than than the original production and so even if you have the the original copy or an original copy of king of sartre back from the uh early 90s i would go ahead and Definitely get, get my hands on a new copy. Mm. And what we'd like to say is, uh, that new version, that's, that's a bit of a benchmark to say that the stuff we're going to bring out going forward is going to be of that, that level of quality. Oh, I, I think that everything that we print out from here on, uh, I want it to be looking much more like the quality of the Moon Design publications. Uh, as opposed to the, the, uh, as opposed to a lesser quality. Let me just put it Let's that way. Let's just put it that way. And look, um, just speaking about the quality of Moon Design publications, I'm, I'm gonna take you back, uh, another month again, Jeff. And what were some exciting things that happened the day before Gen Con and indeed at Gen Con itself related to Moon Design? Oh, oh golly. Let me, let me think. Oh yeah. We won the Diana Jones Award for the Guide to Glorantha. Yeah. Uh, which the, yeah, which the Diana Jones Award is the, the pretty much well the top industry award uh, in the role-playing game industry. I think its full title is the Diana Jones Award for Excellence in Gaming. Mm-hmm. And it is given by a mysterious uh, cabal of uh, occult figures. Uh, shadowy, shadowy figures in the, uh, game publication industry. Industry in luminaries, just, we could call them. 
Well, who knows if they're, they're distinguished luminaries. I mean, as far as I know, they're the invisible masters living underneath the earth in Agartha. Mm-hmm. In fact, wouldn't that be awesome? It could indeed be. Yeah. I like the idea that the folk that give out the Diana Jones Awards are actually invisible yogic masters levitating inside the center of the earth and hanging out with Elvis and Jim Morrison. I like that far better than the idea that it's actually just luminaries of the gaming industry. <laughs> Okay. Come on, come on. Yeah. Yogic Jim Morrison. So uh, we're pretty excited because uh, it is, of course, the, the the best award that you can get. The actual trophy itself, if you haven't seen it, you can you can see it on uh, the uh, Glorantha or the Chaosium uh, web pages. We've we've got some pics there. It's the um, Perspex Pyramid containing the burned remains of the uh, Indiana Jones role-playing game from the 1980s, which we talked about in a uh, in an earlier episode. And oh, absolutely! It's it is way cool, and uh, it's been slightly defaced by uh, a piece of magic marker tape, which um, you know one of the great moral quandaries that the mysterious elders that gave us the award said is whether we take off the piece of masking tape. Yes, because uh, that was from uh, the previous year, wasn't it? From 2014. From and... 2013. Oh, 13, Tabletop. was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh! I don't Will think Wheaton. It... Yeah. Will Wheaton, who's an awesome guy and fully deserved his award, uh, but he put a piece of masking tape on the award. And the question is, should we take off the tape? and allow the award to uh, be returned to its pure and pristine state of, of awesome pyramid power? Or should Will Wheaton um, be allowed to use his Hollywood status to have his own piece of tape on? Or should we put our own piece of tape on and add Ooh. to it? Well, that, that's a quandary I, I, I that don't we know. can I'm think about confused. for the next year. Um, I, I think we, that's, that's, a, that's a really tough one. So then uh, a couple of days later at Gen Con, there are the Any Awards. Oh, yeah, then there's the Any Awards, and uh, Guy de Glorantha was up for four, and I believe it was nominated for, for four Ennies. It was nominated best for Best product, four, yeah. best cartography, uh, best production values, and best setting. And uh, the, it was an eye-opener about how much smaller... Uh, the Glorantha fan base is than the Dungeons and Dragons fan base. Uh, we, we ended up, cause in the Ennies, you end up getting nominated by a group of judges. And then it's open, it's open internet voting. And so we, I was very pleased that we came back with the silver for cartography. Mm-hmm. That was uh, very exciting. So yeah, four nominations and one a silver, which, uh, isn't bad, isn't bad at all. And although the Ennies come with really cool medallions, and they are really cool medallions, and they look gorgeous, they're still not as cool as the magic Indiana Jones pyramid. That is very true. And, uh, Chaosium also came away with, uh, a... And Chaosium also Annie came away with... silver. Yes, and, and, uh, uh, Horror on the Orient Express... Uh, was nominated for, I believe it was also nominated for four Ennies and came back with two, a gold and a silver, one for best production values and I believe another one for, uh, best supplement, correct? That, that was the gold. So that was, that was pretty exciting as well. So oh, yeah. And, and, and the, and, and, and to be honest, uh, the, you know, the Horror in the Orient Express, uh, was a fantastic product back in the nineties when, 
uh, it was originally released, and the Kickstarter version of it is just absolutely beautiful. Particularly that 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 uh, simaculum um, little animated piece that you can you can put up and freak your players out with. Yeah, it's 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 also incredibly heavy as well. <laughs> it is. I, is it heavier than the guide? Uh, you know, I would hate to be trying to carry one under one arm and one under the other. That's all I would say. Hey, hey, Jeff. We are we're in a new format for Toma. Oh, that's you know. right. We're 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 on the 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 short commute format of thirty minutes. And how far are we into it? We're twenty nine minutes and uh, thirty three seconds. So we're going to have oh, well, to wind golly. up fairly soon and say that uh, this is the new format. We're going to be doing half an hour episodes. We're still going to be having guests uh, from time to time. And we're going to be probably having a bit of a wider brief now because we are, in fact, not just Moon Design, but Chaosium. So this means we'll be talking about not just Glorantha and RuneQuest and HeroQuest and so on. We'll be bringing in uh, the other product lines and, of course, the big one, Call of Cthulhu, into the, uh, into the podcast as well. We'll call it Cthulhu. We'll, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're planning on talking about Credo too, aren't we? Absolutely. We'll be talking about Credo and uh, 13th Age in Glorantha. Look, there is just so much to talk about. I suggest we wind up now and uh, we'll see everybody in the next episode. Okay, everybody. See you next episode. See you then. Bye. This has been another episode of Tales of Mythic Adventure, a Chaosium production, starring Jeff Richard and Michael O'Brien, produced by Robert Love. No ducks were harmed during the course of this episode. We keep on having to say that. Don't you believe us?